Good to see all of you here for week two of our four-week series called Uphill Habits. Aristotle said this, said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. And it's, uh, I believe it's very important for us to stop and evaluate our habits from time to time because we form our habits and then our habits form us. You are who you are because of what you repeatedly do. And praise God, every year at the start of a new year, we have an opportunity to take a fresh start, fresh look at our habits and make some life change. Because most of us have habits that we don't like. And what we usually do with the new year is we start off with some New Year's resolutions. And we have uh, these kind of uh, big hopes, big expectations of what's going to happen for us in the new year. But... On your notes, write this down. Most people have uphill hopes and downhill habits. You know, hope is wonderful. Praise God for hope. But hope is a motivator, not a strategy. You know, hope will get you going, but hope won't take you there. You need more than hope. And what you need are some uphill habits that will actually change your life. And we call them uphill habits for two reasons. First, they're uphill because they are moving us up toward God. Folks, God is up. God is transcendent. God is higher. Our Father who art in heaven, He is up. And God calls us up. Second reason we call them uphill habits is because they're not easy. In fact, everything worthwhile in life is uphill. If you want to make a marked difference, you want to make a marked improvement in your life, don't expect it to be easy. These habits aren't easy, but they are doable because God is on your side. God offers you the power and the strength to do them. So here's our theme verse uh, for this series. Let's uh, read this out loud with me. Loud, booming voices. Here we go. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. God brings the best out of you. He develops well-formed maturity in you. Circle that word, develops because it is a developmental process. It's not something that happens instantaneously. I loved what Pastor Ryland said last week, that if you look at the word habits, it's got the word bits in it, because that's how this is going to happen. It's going to happen bit by bit by bit by bit. And it happens through your commitment to the uphill habits that God calls you to. And as a church family, we want to take you through a process this year that moves you up. And one of the ways we're doing that is we start off the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. We want to develop the habit that we pray first. And so every uh, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., we're gathering up here. Uh, Saturday, we do it at 9 a.m. On Saturday, we also do communion together. And, uh, but, you know, it starts out, worship team plays a song they close out with a song, and in between, all we do is pray. We're going to pray first. Now, it's also 21 days of fasting, and we are intentionally disconnecting from our bad habits through fasting, and we are intentionally connecting with God 
through prayer. The reason we do it for 21 days is studies tell us it takes 21 days to break a bad habit, it takes 21 days to start a new one. And so we do this focus for 21 days, and the principle behind it all is, is that what I starve dies, and what I feed thrives. So over this 21-day period, I'm saying no through fasting to my bad habits, and I'm saying yes through prayer to God. Disconnecting from the world through fasting, connecting deeper with God through prayer. I tell you, it's a wonderful season of life change. It's my favorite thing that we do around here all year. I love 21 days of prayer and fasting. Last week, Rylan gave you the first up of four uphill habits. Habit number one is, is we focus on what I do first. Why? Because first things have power. The first thing I do in the year, the first thing I do in the month, the first thing I do in the week, the first thing I do day by day by day. God pours out supernatural power on the things that we give to him first. And so last week, Ryland shared how to live a God-first life. If you weren't here, if you missed that one, you can hear it online or you can pick up a CD out at the info table. But today I get the privilege of sharing with you habit number two. And that is I must control my thoughts. If I look back over my life to the key moments of spiritual growth, to the key moments of change in the spiritual direction of my life, I can trace every one of those changes to a change in my thinking. Every one of those changes. The life change came when I changed my mind, changed how I thought. The Bible says it this way, wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking leads to to wrong living. And so today I want to give you two things. First, I want to give you the theological basis regarding thinking. And then secondly, I want to give you the practical how to control your thoughts. So I want to give you the theology, I want to give you the practice today. So first of all, the theology. Everything begins with a thought. Everything begins with a thought. Both the things that you're doing well and the things you struggle with, both of them are fueled by your thoughts. And if you try to change your behavior without changing your thoughts, it's not going to work because it all starts, it all begins right in here. And that's why the habit of the first 15 is so important. Ryland shared that last week because you've got to be careful what you're letting into your mind at the beginning of the day. And I'll tell you, for me, I'm kind of an action-oriented kind of a person, and so it's real hard for me first thing in the morning not to look at, at, at my uh, email, not to look at my text, not to look at my calendar for the day, not to look at my news feed, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm, I want to know what's going on. What am I doing today? And I'll even try and justify it with, well, I want to pray about those things. <laughs> yeah, but the devil knows... That, that he can set the mood for my day by feeding me that one difficult or disappointing or even disturbing email or text or bit of news. And so I've got to guard that. I mean, listen, folks, these, these phones are tremendous. Have you guys seen these? They, these are amazing, these smartphones. But you've got to be smarter than the phone. Because I tell you, my phone can either give me that first email, that first text as soon as I wake up, or my phone can give me the Bible verse for the day. It's just a matter of how I set it up and how I use it. You know, and, and the phone is not good or bad. Sometimes you know, people, especially pastors, get on a rant you know, about, about these phones and social media and all that stuff. Listen, 
That's not the problem. This isn't good or bad. It's how you use it. Same's true with a spoon. You know, a spoon is not good or bad. It just depends on how you use it. A spoon can feed you health food. A spoon can feed you junk food. A spoon can feed you poison. Problem's not the spoon. It's how you use it. And the same is true with your phone. You know, it can, it can fill your head with disappointing or disturbing news, or it can fill your head with a life-giving Bible verse. It's how you set it up and how you use it. And the devil knows. He knows he can suck the power out of your first 15. He can suck the power out of your day. If he can feed you those negative, disturbing, uh, disappointing thoughts first thing. And so it, it all depends on... If you start your day with your news feed, you're going to be grumpy all day. So like, like the lady who said, most days I wake up grumpy, and some days I just let him sleep. Okay? <laughs> So you may be waking up grumpy every day because of what you're doing first because everything God wants to do in your life begins with your thoughts. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person. How does he do that? By changing the way you think. And God's plan for changing the way you live begins with changing the way you think. And so when you and I cooperate with his plan, we get off to a much better start. Start of the year, start of the month, start of the week, start of every day. Next, what we think determines how we feel. I mean, you can blame the way you feel on your spouse, on your kids, on your boss, on the weatherman. You can blame it on them, but honestly, they're not making you feel the way you feel. Your response to those things is making you feel the way you feel. Because we all live in the same world. Listen, we all face the same weather. We all face much the same circumstances. But different people choose to think different thoughts about those things, and that's what determines how they feel. It's not the circumstances. And that's why you've got to learn to control your thoughts. What are you thinking about? That's, that's the question. What are you thinking about? Look at this. The Bible tells us, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the God of peace will be with you. If your thoughts are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, it will affect how you feel, that will affect what you do, and the God of peace will be with you. And you know, as your pastor, there's nothing I want more for you than that. But I cannot change the circumstances that you're in. I can't change your circumstances, but I can help you change how you think about your circumstances. And that will impact how you feel, it will impact what you do, and it will bring God's peace into your life. Next, our thoughts determine our destiny. Your thoughts will determine where you are in life a year from now. Your thoughts. Sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle, reap your destiny. The first word is thought. The last word is destiny. If you don't like where your life is, is right now, then you've got to change your way of thinking. It's crucial. You are today where your thoughts have brought you. You will be tomorrow where your thoughts will take you. 
Ah, that just sounds like a bunch of positive thinking stuff, Pastor. No, it's biblical. It's in God's Word. Romans 8. Look at this. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature. Look, if you're living a life that you do not want to live, a life not full of peace but full of chaos and conflict and contention, a life that is controlled by downhill habits, look what the Bible says you need to do. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. Circle that word, death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. Circle that word, life. Folks, this is not, this is not some throwaway issue. This is a matter of life and death. Because what you think will either lead you to life or lead you to death. Life, peace, that's what God wants for you. Now, how do you get there? Okay, I gave you the theology. I want to show you how to do it. How do you master the habit of controlling your thoughts? Number one, first, I've got to find a plan to control my thoughts. You've got to have a plan to control your thoughts. So many of us are being fed bad thinking, especially by the Internet today. And again, the Internet is neither good nor bad. It's just that the Internet carries such a huge amount of information. And most of that information is coming from the world. And so you're getting a lot of bad information. So you've got to have a plan, especially you men, 2018 needs to be the year you decide you're just not going to be a lone ranger out there on the web. You're going to get some serious accountability of what you're consuming off the web because what you are consuming is consuming you. And so you've got to get serious about accountability. You've got to get a plan to control your thoughts. And I'll just tell you, the, 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 the best way to do that is simply to read the Bible. Read the Bible. You start to read the Bible, and it's amazing how much it begins to change the way you think. And not just to read the Bible as a habit, but to read it and genuinely let it, let, let it change your thoughts. It's amazing to watch how the Bible will take negative, awful, icky, even demonic thoughts, and it will replace them with God's thoughts. It'll replace it with how God sees you and how God wants you to see him and how God sees other people and how God wants you to see them. The, the Bible is not like any other book. This book is alive. It has a heartbeat. It has a pulse. It has power. This is what it says in Hebrews 4. It says, The Word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You know, you don't just read the Bible. The Bible reads you. And you start reading the Bible and getting it into your heart and mind. And the Bible says, no, 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 no. Don't think that. Don't think that. That's the wrong thought. Think this. No, 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 don't feel that, don't feel that. That, 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 that's not the way you want to feel, you want to feel like this. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't, don't do that, do this. This is the way you want to go. But you've got to have a plan in order for it to do that. And one of the best plans out there is called the One Year Bible. 
the one-year Bible. If you go to our, our website, rockbrook.org, go to the resources uh, button, uh, you'll find a link to the one-year Bible. And we got all the verses and the dates all, all there for you so you'll know what to read. And the cool thing about the one-year Bible is you read a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament, you read in the Psalms, and you read some Proverbs. And so you're getting a balanced biblical diet. And that's really helpful. You know, last year I read through the chronological Bible, hadn't done that for a number of years, and, and it was great and really a wonderful journey. But honestly, to spend like a month in Leviticus and Numbers, I mean, it just really starts to, you know, wear you down. And so the great thing with this one is you, know, you get a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this, some Psalms, some Proverbs. It takes you about 15 minutes to read the whole thing. Oh, I don't have that much time. Fine, then just read the Psalm. I don't have that much time. Fine, then just read the proverb. I don't have time for that. A proverb is a sentence. Okay? If you don't have time for a sentence, you've got to readjust your schedule. Okay? You know, and jumping in, reading through the one year Bible. If you know, if you can't read one day, don't get discouraged and give up. Don't be legalistic about this. Just every day pick it up, read some of it. Pick it up and read some of it. Because when you read the Bible, it will help you. It's a plan to control your thoughts. Number two, you need to find a place to think my thoughts. At some point in your day, you've got to turn down the volume of the world and you've got to fix your attention on God. You know, we all need to have a daily conversation with God. What do you do in conversation? Sometimes you talk. Sometimes you listen. Sometimes you talk. Sometimes you listen. And so you've got to have a point and a place in your day where you can talk and listen to God. Have a conversation with Him. Why? You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts, thoughts are fixed on you. And so there's got to be a point, there's got to be a place in the day where you're able to fix your thoughts on God, where you can just offload to God in this conversation. You just offload all your disappointments, all your hurts, all your worries, all your cares, all your sins, all your mistakes, all the junk. You just offload all of that, and then God downloads on you His forgiveness, His love, His mercy, His peace. I mean, what a trade. But there's got to be a point and a place where you make the trade where that transaction can happen. The New Testament says, uh, says it like this. It says, think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. And if you don't have some time during your day when you're thinking of heaven instead of earth, your life is going to be low on the peace meter. You're not going to have much peace in your life. Okay. Third way to control your thoughts. I've got to find people to stretch my thoughts. Your life will not reach its full potential until you involve God's people in your life. Because God just wired you up to have other godly people involved in you. God formed you for a spiritual family. And that's why we encourage you to get plugged into a small group. You know, we're gearing up for our winter-spring semester of groups. And we've got groups for men, for women, for uh, teens, uh, for singles, for marriage. We've got groups that meet every day of the week, groups that meet all over the different neighborhoods. But the goal is for you to get around some people who will help you think better and bigger thoughts. You've know, you just got to be careful about the negativity that you let come into your life. And so you want to surround yourself with some positive people. You want to be a positive person. Okay? 
The Bible says this, says let us think of ways, let us think of ways. Let's get creative about this. Think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. And right here, the Bible just calls you out. It's a downhill habit. You know, if you're not, if you're not doing this, it's a downhill habit. That's not going to be helpful. Instead, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Honestly, I don't think there's ever been a time when you need this more than you need this now. You've got to have a place where people encourage you, where people expect the best out of you, where people see your potential, your value, your worth, a place where you can do that for other people. If you want people to do it for you, you've got to do it for other people. And so you've got to find people who will help you think bigger thoughts. Number four, I have to find a purpose to land my thoughts. A purpose to, to ground, to give some foundation to my thoughts. The healthiest thoughts you can have is about why you're here on this planet. You know, the, the most miserable people are not circumstantially miserable. The most miserable people I know are people who don't know why they're here. I mean, their circumstances may be marvelous, but their lives are miserable because they don't know what they're living for. They don't know their purpose. More specifically, they don't know God's purpose for their life. You know, they may think they know the purpose, but if it's not, there can be a huge difference between why you think you're here and why God really put you here. Huge difference. And that's why the hallmark of what we do here at Rockbrook as a church is we want to help you discover your purpose and make a difference with your life. Because the problem is, many, many times, what we think is the purpose and plan for our life is different. It's different than what God has for us. And it's not that our plans are totally out of line. It's not that we're totally running away from God. I mean, you know, sometimes we can get pretty far afield. But really the problem for, for far more of us is we're not running away from God's plan for our life. We just don't even know what it is. And so because we've got a, a certain amount of me inside, in our life, it, then, then we're trying to fulfill our plan and it's drawn us away from the plan that God really has for us. We wind up letting ourself, our flesh, we let the things of the world pull us off course. And you know, all it's got to do is just pour, pull us off course just a little bit. You know, that, 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 there's not a huge difference between this and this. Okay? And in fact, even as I'm doing this, many of you, you can't even see, well, I don't even see any difference. But let me tell you, the longer you live and the greater the distance you traverse in your life, there is a huge difference at where you end up. And if God is calling you to this, and you're pursuing this, it can look so close. But you're far from what God really has made you to do, called you to do, wants you to do. The greater the distance you're going, the longer you live your life, the more course corrections you've got to make in order to stay on track. You know when NASA sent those capsules up, up to the moon? They, they had to change course, constantly making course corrections. Why? Because the gravitational pull of the earth, the gravitational pull of the moon was pulling those things off course. And the same thing can happen to us. The gravitational pull of the world pulls us off course and we've got to keep making course corrections to come back to what God wants us to do day by day by day 
We've got to make sure our thoughts line up truly with God's plan for our life. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You want to know what God's will is for your life? You've got to bring your thoughts in line with God's thoughts. And then you will know God's good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. I gotta, every day, I've got to fill my mind with thoughts that keep me clean. Every day, I've got to fill my mind with thoughts that give me fire to live for God. Every day, I've got to fill my, thoughts with, uh, my mind with thoughts that keep me building up my marriage, building up my family. Every day, I've got to fill my mind with thoughts that, that fuel why I'm on this planet. I spent years and years, I spent 20 years of my life as a good Christian man attending church, teaching Sunday school, singing in the choir, but I did not understand what God's purpose was for my life. I was filling my life up with all kinds of good things, doing church, doing family, working hard, but I had not connected the dots of what God's purpose was for me. And it wasn't until I worked through that developmental process of discovering God's plan and purpose for me. I, I, you know, it was outlined by the Great Commandment and the Great Commission until I discovered my spiritual gift, until I discovered my personality, until I discovered my passions. It wasn't until I worked through all of that that my life finally began to make sense. And I was 40 years old. I'd lived half my life not knowing why God had made me and what I was supposed to do. And that's the process that we have built into our growth track here at Rockbrook. We want to help you. It's four sessions on Sunday afternoons that will help you connect the dots of what God has made you for, how he shaped you, help you discover your purpose, and find a ministry team where you can make a difference. Because you've got to have a purpose to drive your life. Otherwise, you're going to get off course. Fifth thing you need. You've got to find a power to fuel my thoughts. Because here's what's going to happen. God's going to reveal to you the purpose of your life, and he's going to tell you to do something that's too big for you to do alone. That's just the genius of how God works. Because God inspires you to do something great, but in order to pull it off, you've got to have God in your life. Because God doesn't want you going off and doing it all on your own. He wants to do it with you and in you and through you and by you and for you. And if you don't come to understand that God wants to walk with you daily, moment by moment, decision by decision, habit by habit, then you're going to miss out on what God has for you. Too many of us, too many good, sincere believers run off and try to do what we want to do and then come back and show God and expect Him to be excited and reward us for it. But that's exactly the opposite of how God wants us to live life. He doesn't want us to do it on our own. He wants to do life with us, moment by moment. And that is what so many good church people miss. Isaiah 55, 9, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has ways and thoughts that are higher than yours. And God doesn't tell you that to put you down and to diminish your thoughts. It's not, oh, I'm bigger than you and your thoughts are worthless. No. No, he's telling you that because God wants you to think bigger thoughts, higher thoughts. 
God wants you to renew your mind so you can think greater thoughts. God wants you to have the mind of Christ. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. You think of the greatest thing that you think you could do, God says, I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all of that. You know, God says, I've got the power to help you to do something greater than you could ever think or come up with or try to do yourself. And God wants to do that. But in order for God to do that, we've got to have his power to pull it off. And one of the ways we get that power is by developing the uphill habit of controlling our thoughts. Now, I want to help you out with this. And, and so I put on your outline, put on there a thing called a morning declaration. And it's just, I would just encourage you, we're going to read this together now, but I'd encourage you just to go even further and suggest, just read this every morning. Just make this part of the start of every day. Commit yourself to the great things that God is calling you to. This is actually a declaration that we give to all our dream teamers. But I'd like us to read it today. It's just, let's read it as our prayer as we close out this message. Would you stand with me? And let's read this together. Because God has called me to serve my generation, I will value worship over wealth, we over me, character over comfort, service over status, and God's purposes over possessions, position, popularity, and pleasure. To my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I say, however, whenever, wherever, and whatever you ask me to do, my answer in advance is yes. Where you lead and whatever the cost, I am ready anytime, anywhere. I want to be used by you in such a way that on that final day, I hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Come in and let the eternal party begin. And what a way to start your day. Amen.